And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. We've been looking at the book of Revelation for the past year, and now we're in Revelation chapter 20. We said that anyone who appeared at the great white throne, they are the ones who did not accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. These are... uh, the throne for the unbelievers to be judged. And so, God forbid any one of us appear here or our families. Amen? Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. And of course, we are told it's not an empty throne. There is someone sitting on the throne. And that's what I want to talk a little about tonight. Because I've had many questions from people saying, Pastor, are you sure it's Jesus Christ that's on the throne? And of course, the book of Revelation is a challenging book. We agree. Praise God. And um, not only that, uh, uh, it's not a book that's frequently taught, and understandably so, amen, questions are going to be asked about the book of Revelation. And I'm hoping that these questions are not questions of doubt, but it's questions out of curiosity and want to get more information. And so the Bible did tell us on that throne, that particular throne, there is someone sitting on that throne, and the Bible says he's so glorious Amen. From whose the face of the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for uh, heaven or the earth. Um, Of course, we said, we've affirmed in the past that the person sitting on that throne is Jesus Christ. We are told, and not only did we say that, but we use quite a few scriptures to confirm that is Jesus who's sitting on the throne. But I think what bothers a lot of people is the fact that the verse continues and it says, from whose face the earth and heaven fled. And it's talking about the uh, it's talking about the the presence of the one uh, who sits on the throne. His, pre- his presence is so powerful that the earth and the entire universe melt away. And I think you know, sometimes you read this right here, and it takes a little time to wrap your mind around the truth. Amen. That's been communicated here. You know, I want you to keep in mind that the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the one who created the earth. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? Was God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. And it continues, continues and it says that all things were created Amen. By him and for him. So if Jesus is the one who created the universe, praise God, then Jesus owns the universe and he can get rid of the universe when it's time to. The Bible did say in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, that he said, Behold, I bring forth a new heaven and a new earth. So his appearance here really is indicating that something new is about to begin. And so I understand why so many questions are asked about this particular verse here. But brothers and sisters, I want to take some time tonight to share with us and hopefully submit additional scriptures that will live here tonight. And for those of you who are looking who've asked these questions, you'll live here somewhat satisfied knowing that Jesus Christ is the one sitting on the throne. In these last days, brothers and sisters, we need to have the right perspective of who Jesus is. We need, that's so important. Uh, We as Christians sometimes, um, through our own fault, and just 
to be honest, from the way we were taught. There's always a distance between God and us. And that's just the way it is. For example, very few of us use the word Jesus. We prefer to use the word God. Because there's so much distance between, you know, God and us. But when you use Jesus, that's a man. That becomes personal. And for some reason, people think that there should be distance between God and us. And the Bible purposefully tells that, shows that God is trying to reduce the distance. Thank you, that's the word. He's trying to bridge the gap between us and him. But for some reason, we, we continue. You know, continue to keep that distance supposedly i suppose between us and god and so tonight i want to spend some time talking about it because i'll tell you why in these last days we need to use the name jesus i said it too fast in these last days we need to use the name jesus that's where the power is amen and the devil knows that and the way uh, the way you we get to the point where we can use the name of jesus effectively is to develop a relationship with Jesus. You see, a relationship, that's how we get to trust somebody. Amen. You trust somebody because you spend time with them and you know them. And because you know them, you know their character, you know that they're going to deliver on any promise. Well, that is what we, that's what we're expected to do. Amen. The Bible, God, Jesus did say, draw nigh unto me. Amen. He's already drawn nigh to us. He left heaven, took a body, came on the earth. Amen. Died, buried, went back home. Mm -hmm. So the phrase, him that sat on the, on the throne, I want to spend some time tonight. Because, you know, interestingly, as I said, many Christians are still having a difficult time accepting the truth that Jesus Christ is the one who's going to be seated on the great white throne. And, and, and brothers and sisters, I see why a lot of us believers, we have questions and issues because of that. Because just this afternoon, I was reading quite a few Bible, quite a few commentaries, and I realized some Bible scholars won't even mention the name of Jesus when it comes to that verse. Um, uh, for example, one commentator said, uh, listen to what he said. He said, uh, the one who sits on the throne is the indescribable Jehovah. <laughs> the indescribable Jehovah. I, I agree. How many of you agree that he is the indescribable Jehovah? But how many of you agree that that sounds like there is a lot of distance <laughs> between the indescribable Jehovah and us? And if there is distance between the indescribable Jehovah and us, then there is no, then there is no relationship. Mm -hmm. You see, there, everything thrives on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, there is a phrase I'm trying to uh, say in that slept me. I think that, that's appropriate. I, wa I wanted to use it here because it's so appropriate. Um, <laughs> is it something like relationship is the lifeblood of something? Have you heard that said? Just like blood is necessary for the body, amen, relationship is necessary for something. But anyhow, I guess that was just going through my mind. Sorry about that. Amen. <laughs> so yes, he is the indescribable Jehovah. I agree. But the New Testament seemed to tell us specifically that his name is what? Jesus Christ. 
Amen. As I said, we like using God uh, and um, uh, Jehovah because it's impersonal. Don't you find that? It's somewhat impersonal. However, you know, we have challenges using the word Jesus because Jesus is what? Personal. You know, how can God be a friend with me? Yes, he wants to be. He, from, 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 from the beginning of time, God always wanted to be with human beings. We, have a, we humans, we have a problem accepting Jesus Christ as the man God in the flesh. And I think that's why there's so many questions. How can a man who is God in the flesh be seated on a throne and the earth and heaven fled away from his face? You know, this is, this is what, I think that's what, that's the challenge we have as human beings. And I need us to understand that. And I know it doesn't matter how much. This is what I found out in my years as a Christian. It doesn't matter how much the teacher teaches or the preacher preaches. You, you and I need to have our own revelation knowledge of what is taught. In other words, God has to work with us to the point where it moves from our head to our hearts. And I'm hoping, brothers and sisters, that tonight you and I will understand that and hopefully try to ensure that happens. Amen? Remember Jesus told his disciples, don't be offended at me. You know, I think that is what's happening now in today's world. We are offended at God. You know, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, and the reason why he said that is because Jesus here was matted just like the disciples here. Jesus here wasn't like the here you see nowadays, uh, you know, in these pictures, in these, in these movies. His here was matted like the disciples, an ordinary man walking around. Amen. Uh, just like the people back then, you could smell them coming from a mile. You could smell Jesus coming from a mile. That's just the way it is. He was an ordinary man. That's why he told the disciples, don't be offended at me. In other words, some things were going to happen to me as a man, and it might be a stumbling block for you. You might not see me as God, but don't you worry about the body. You remember Jesus begged. He said, he said, believe me for my work's sake. Don't look at my body and get distracted. Don't look at my hand and get distracted. Believe me for my work's sake. Because why? I didn't mean to raise my voice. I just feel God. Hear me, hear me. Because he wants that relationship. And you seen him as a man and not as God may be a stumbling block. It may come in the way of developing that relationship. And he said, please, please believe me. For my work's sake. See the things I'm doing. Only God in me can do that. And I think that is where we are as human beings. We have a problem that we cannot see Jesus as God. And that is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. We need to come to the point where we agree. That Jesus is really God in the flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said, don't be offended at me because his ear was matted just like this. You could smell him coming from a mile. He took showers, amen, and excuse me, used the restroom like any of the disciples. He ate and got tired like any human being. And here you're looking at him saying, is that God? Yes, that's God. And why is he God looking like that? Because of his love for you and I. Jesus didn't have to do that. Amen. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he take upon human flesh and look so weak? It's because he wanted to be touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. God wanted to understand who you are. 
He wanted to identify with you and I. So therefore, we could have correct representation in heaven. Because he's a high priest now who's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. Brothers and sisters, we have, we have what I call a good representation in heaven. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. So, so don't you get offended at Jesus. He's the one sitting on the throne here. In Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. He's the one from whom the earth fled and the heavens disappeared. Melted away because of his presence. You remember in John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Jesus knew his time was coming to an end. I think it's verse 16. Knew his time was coming to an end. And, and, and they came to arrest Jesus and the disciples. And as a leader should do. He stepped up and said who? He stepped out and said whom did you come for? Whom did you come for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't run. He's a real leader. He stepped out. He said, I am. And when he said, I am, everybody fell back. Just I am. Because that's the same phrase God used for Moses in the Old Testament. When Moses said, whom should you say? Send me. Whom shall I tell them? Send me. He said, tell them I am that I am. And Jesus said, I am. Everybody fell back on their backs. Legs up in the air. And these men, they are so demon-possessed. They didn't repent. They still came, captured him, shackled him. Still Jesus. Still God. And I, I'm sharing with you, that is why sometimes we cannot use the name Jesus with confidence. Can I continue? Yeah. Every other religion talks about a God. But Jesus is unique to Christianity. Every other religion talks about a God. But Jesus, the name Jesus is unique to us. Amen. Every other religion requires a sacrifice. But in Christianity, Jesus our God became the sacrifice. You know, sometimes we human beings, we have it so good. We <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God has been so good to us. For some reason, we just cannot reconcile the difference. Amen. The distance, so to speak, between God and us. If we really believe Nothing's impossible with God. We've got to realize that nothing is beyond the bucket. I call it the bucket of impossibility. Amen. God can become a man. God can die. God can raise himself from the dead. After being buried. Amen. In John eleven twenty five, what did Jesus tell Martha? He said, I am the resurrection. And I'm the life. He said, I got a monopoly on that thing. I own resurrection. <laughs> he said, I own life. He said, he that believeth in me. Though he was dead, yet shall he live. That's what Jesus said. I mean, who, who else can say that? Did Hare Krishna say that? No, he can't. Did Buddha say that? No, he can't. Did Helsilasis? No, they can't. A man said this. He said, I am. And he proved it. The resurrection. God, I give you praise. And I am the life. He didn't just say life. The life. If you need life. <laughs> You see, he didn't say, when, you have, when you're a Christian, you don't just exist. Some folks just exist aimlessly. They leave work, go home, and just sit at the house. No purpose. But when you become a Christian, God infuses you with a purpose, and then you begin to leave. Yeah, he begin, because now you're placed in a family, and the life of God begins to flow through your body. Hallelujah. Can somebody give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. Amen. So, the Jesus... The one who's sitting on the throne here in, in, in Revelation 20 verse 11 is really our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen? 
You know, in, in, in past sessions, I have submitted several of the scriptures to prove that Jesus is God, including, let me give you the one uh, a scripture I've used before. Amen. I'm going to give it again. And for those of you who've asked the questions, is the one in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11, Jesus Christ, yes. And this scripture is going to prove it. Can you go to John chapter 5? Let's look at verse 22 to 25. John chapter 5, 22 to 25. Are we ready? John 5 verse 22 reads, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto whom? Unto the Son. Notice that there's a colon. It's going to continue. And here is why. That all men, that includes you and I, amen, should honor the Son. How many of you would agree that we should honor Jesus Christ for what he did on our behalf? All men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He hath honoreth, he that honoreth not the Son. I'm on verse 23. Honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Amen. Verse 24, verily, verily, and every time Jesus says verily, verily, he's going to say something that's against the status quo. Something very important, amen? You got to take some time to wrap your mind around that. Very, very, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath what? It doesn't matter how I look. You better get what I'm saying. That's what Jesus is saying. It doesn't matter. My hair may be matted. I may not have Gucci on. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> but you hear me. Mm -hmm. He that heareth my word. And believeth on him that I passed. But is passed from death unto what? Life. That's all of us here tonight. Verse 25. I like verse 25. He's, he's going to come with another verily, verily again. Amen. He's about to say something that's of the chain. I'm talking too fast. He's about to say something that's of the chain. Verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming. And what, what did he say? The hour is coming. Hour here means the time. It's coming and now is. Woo! When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and that here shall what? Leave. And he's anybody knows what he's referencing here? The rapture. He's saying the dead is going to rise because, listen brothers and sisters, the unsafe dead are not going to hear the voice of Jesus. It is the Christians who are dead who are going to hear the voice and the Bible says that they will be taken up from the grave first because they are going to hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice. Listen to me brothers and sisters, no religious leader ever says that. Not one religious leader on the earth can say that. They cannot say that. Oh, dear God, I give you praise. Thank you. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Mm. He's referencing what? The rapture. He's saying the time is coming. And he said now is. <laughs> In other words, it could be any time now. It could be tonight. Any time now. And he's saying now is so you and I can be ready. And those of you, please stop doubting that Jesus is God. Because the name of Jesus will not work for you. And we need to use that name in these last days. No wonder people are not saying in Jesus' name. They're just being quiet. You know, the church has become so political. 
unfortunately people we've gotten so smart we've gotten so proper you know and have so much issues we need to use the name of jesus to get some of us out of the issues we are in you, you get what i'm saying we need to get bold with we need to agree with god and forget what human beings are telling us I, 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 is, it, am i right or am i right Yes, we need to agree with God and forget what these people are saying because we need results. When you have a supervisor harassing you, what can you do? What can you do? You are the subordinate, you are the subordinate, he or she is the supervisor. What do you do? You go to your father in heaven and you begin to use the name of Jesus. I know it happened to me years ago. I had a supervisor harassed me. You hear me? Harassed me and said to me, by the time your evaluation comes, you'll be gone. I'm just trying to do my job. Guess what I did? Went on a 10-day fast and began to pray. And at the end of my evaluation, I was promoted. Promoted. Are you getting what I'm saying? Say, what, if I didn't have the name of Jesus, what I did and what I, I, well, I didn't just stay there and say, God, work it out. No, I went on a 10-day fast. And every morning, I would go to work early before she came in. And I would go in her office and pray around her desk. Mm -hmm. and cast that devil because my fight is not with a human my fight is with the devil it is the influence behind them you see what i'm saying and i knew that so i begin to address the devil and as i begin to address the devil she begins smiling at me laughing at me yes but it, i'm saying it works the name of jesus works but the reason why it's not working for some of us is because there is too much distance between Jesus and us, it needs to become personal. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Lean not on your own understanding. If I'd lean on my own understanding, I would have lost that job. I'm talking too fast. <laughs> if I had leaned on my own understanding and listened to my friends, you know, take things in my own hands. Try to suck up to her. Like they said, they told me, you know, try to be nice with her. I said, I'm nice already. You see, what, what, you, what else can I do? Just did not like me for any reason. And sometimes that's the way it is. Listen to me. There are, these are issues we deal with in the world. And if you as a Christian, you just sit there being proper. Mm -hmm, sit there now and allow distance between you and God. Then guess what? The devil will railroad you. The days are gone for to be railroaded by the devil. The name of Jesus has to mean something. When they asked Peter, when Peter, in recording Acts chapter 3, when Peter looked at the man who sat at the gate beautiful, the man has been crippled from his, from his birth 42 years. A grown man crippled begging at the gate beautiful. And this man is on God's heart. You, are you, are you get him? The, God wants to release the man, but the Bible says God has given the earth to the children of men. And what he meant is God has chosen, chosen to walk through the children of men. As we submit to the laws of God, the power of God in, in the name of Jesus is will flow. So Peter, back and forth, thank God for him. He's praying back and forth, moving back and forth into the temple every morning, praying glory be to God until his faith grew. Let me tell you, when your faith grows, your eyes open. Yeah. He grew, his faith grew to the point where now God could flow through him. And one day coming from the temple, he and, Jay, he and John talking, all of a sudden his eyes met with the men. And he felt what God felt about this man. 
And Peter said, look on us. <laughs> and Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have to give. You know, folks are making a problem of that today. Because Peter didn't say, well, you know, it's God's power. Who, 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 we know it's God's power. It just, you know, just, it, you know, it angers me when I hear Christians who've been going to church for all these years behaving like babies. Well, we have to, no, he, you know it's not your power. I know it's not my power. I'm going to be, I'm going to apologize for using it. God didn't tell me apologize for using it. He said in my name. And you just go with it in his name. So Peter said, look on us. And the man looked at Peter expecting to get two cents. 50 cents. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such I have to give. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And the Bible said, Peter took him by the hands. And the power of God hit the man's legs. And he leapt in the air. And began to walk. Simple problem. No surgery. But that's how God felt. It took Peter a little while to feel what God felt. And that's the problem. Until we grow, we won't feel what God's... I'm trying to explain myself here. I'm trying. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to explain myself here. Bear with me. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And it breaks my heart because we need to use the name of Jesus in these last days. But, but, we, but we forget we need to draw closer to God. And we need to see Jesus the way the Bible declares him to be. None other but God. Uh, can somebody say thank you Jesus? Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear that. Amen. Because the devil may be harassing you today. Maybe using somebody in authority to harass you. Listen to me. You've got a name. You've got a name you could use to back to put that devil at bay. Because it's the devil that's influencing people. To behave the way they behave. Oh God, I give the praise. Let me give you another scripture to show you that Jesus is the one sitting on the throne. He is God. Can you go to Colossians? Uh, let's do John. John chapter, I said it at the beginning. Before we go to Colossians. Let's do John chapter 1. And let's read from verse 1 to 3. Amen. The gospel of John. Mm. We got it? It says, in the beginning was what? And the word was with God. And the word was, how clearer it gets. The Bible says when Jesus returns, amen, with us in Revelation chapter 19, he's going to have a word, he's going to have on his vesture, oh, he's going to have the name, the word. Right on his cloak. On his shirt, on his sash, across his cloak, the name of the word is going to be written. How, can you get any clearer that Jesus is God? He was, the, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was what? Was God. And verse 2 says, the same was in the beginning with God. Listen, listen, it gets better. Verse 3, all things were made by him. How many things? The Greek word here is P-A-S, pass. It means the exception of none. Everything was created by whom? By Jesus Christ. 
everything that was made was made by him and without him was not anything made that was not made wow wow isn't that a blessing wow <laughs> colossians can you go to colossians chapter one i'm just giving you some scriptures against hopefully at the end many of you will be satisfied that jesus is god sitting on the throne you got colossians chapter one if you do let's go to verse 16 we all have it amen let's read for by him were all things created <laughs> uh, that are in heaven and are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers he's talking about the spiritual hierarchy amen all things were created by what you see that phrase by him for him verse 17 verse 17 and he is before all things what a blessing he's what before all things yeah, the other phrase come and by him all things what whoa did you hear that all things by him you know what the word consist means consist it means everything is held together by the power of god this is what happened jesus created the universe and he said stay <laughs> Ooh, and everything just stayed and he's still staying until he appears on the great white throne somebody said glory be to god hallelujah he just said stay wow father we give you praise uh-huh and he is the head of the body uh-huh the church who's the head of the church who, who so who else so who's he's referring here to from verse 16 to 18 jesus yeah jesus uh, who is the beginning the, the firstborn from the dead uh-huh uh, when born here means above amen from above the, uh, and that in all things he might have what the preeminence in other words jesus is the only one in heaven now who has a glorified body Amen. He's the first one to, to have glorified bodies in heaven. You and I are coming after. Amen. So he's the first one. God is remarkable. God did that for you and I. God decided to get a body prepared for him in Hebrews. Come and live amongst men so he can feel the way we felt so he could effectively represent us. That, that causes you to fall in love with Jesus Christ. You see, I mean, you, you be, I become so thankful and so grateful to God for doing that. When Jesus can feel my pain, I can sit on a chair and tell Jesus how I feel. And he'll say, Emmanuel, I understand. I was there. I know what rejection meant when they all ran away. I know what loneliness meant when I came to them over and over and tell them, can you join me in prayer? And not one of these Negroes came. He knows. I mean, he knows. He feels it. Are you with me? He felt, he felt, he said, and that's what the Bible says, he's a high priest who's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And infirmities here means sick, not sicknesses, but challenges of life. Life will challenge you and get you, to, get you to think, is there a God or not? Yes, there is a God. And Jesus said, I, have, I went through it. They all run. 
Look, I, I was already down the street. You talk about folk talking about, well, I was so embarrassed. Embarrassed. Jesus was paraded down the streets of Jerusalem naked. And I, you talk about embarrassed. <laughs> you. <laughs> you Anyhow, you're embarrassed. <laughs> you have no idea what embarrassment means. <laughs> That's why his disciples were offended at him. Because they said, nobody can do that to a God. Only God of God's Jesus could do that for us. Men, we are too proud. We are too proud to do that. We have too much pride to go that low. See what I'm saying? Only a God can go that low. Well, and still remain God. Who is the head of the church? Jesus. By him all things were created. For him all things were created. By him all things consist. If Jesus can hold the world together. Let me say that again. If Jesus can hold the entire universe together. What about you and me? What about our problems? Can Jesus hold your little problem, my problem together? If only you will invite him in. You think he can do that? You see when we get. When the, when the fellowship with him gets sweet. That's when we'll realize he can do that. But until then, until there is distance, you and I will never experience the power of God. And the devil is bent on ensuring that there is distance between us and God. Oh, that's his, that's his job every day. To ensure that we get so busy uh, doing our own things and, and in our own way so that we won't have the time. Look, it takes time to get close to somebody. You would agree? Uh, just naturally, right? What about God? It's going to take time to get closer to God. To the point where you rub so close with God. So that his power begins to just flow through you. You know what they say? Uh, uh, birds of a feather. Not birds of a feather. but is, is that? Yeah, they flock together. But something about you begin to look like when you spend time together. Is there something like that? Yeah, there is something. Yeah. You have a year, folks. Yeah, you all spend so much time together. You begin to look alike. Yeah, that, the one I'm looking for is iron. Sharpens iron. <laughs> iron what sharpens iron when two friends come together they think alike mm -hmm. because they spend so much time together and that's what Jesus is saying when you get close to God when the Bible says draw near to God as you draw near to God you begin to think like God uh -huh. his influence take over you he begin to influence your thoughts your behavior your heart the way you see things the way you see people all of a sudden I now can forgive forgiving is easy Oh, but not before you met the word. Because to forgive, you have to be empowered to do so. Some of you know that some folks can do you something. You don't have the strength to forgive them. You, you, you on your own, forget it. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. Can you give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And this is what Colossians, the book of Colossians is telling us. Jesus is the creator. Amen. God in the flesh. Let me give you one more scripture. Romans chapter 14. Now this scripture I love. Romans chapter 14. Amen. We're just going through the scriptures to ensure and show that Jesus is the one who's seated on the great wide throne in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. Because some of us, we are having challenges embracing that truth. You got Romans chapter 14 verse 10. Romans chapter 14 verse 10. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for this Wednesday evening. Tell somebody I'm glad I came to church. Yes, I, yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, let's read together. Romans 10, 14. 14, 10. I'm so sorry. 
14.10, it says, But why dost thou judge your brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? This is, this is the part I want to get into. For we shall all stand before what? The judgment seat of Christ. Notice he didn't say the great wide throne. The judgment seat of Christ. These are two different places. Revelation chapter 20, we read great wide throne. Re um, Re Romans 14, 10 here, we are reading judgment seat of Christ. Christians are going to end up before the judgment seat of Christ. Not unbelievers. Unbelievers are going to end up at the great white throne. That is where you want to end up, at the judgment seat of Christ. So Jesus is saying, why do you judge your brother? Amen. Now, we are called to be fruit inspectors. You can look at somebody, amen, and decide, well, you know, you've been a Christian for so long. You know, we should be seeing something better. Amen. You can say that, but you're going to condemn them. You're going to say, well, you have to go to hell. You're not a judge, but rather a fruit inspector. Can you say fruit inspector? Amen. You and I, we have a right, amen, to do some evaluation. We said that we need to examine ourselves sometimes and ensure that we are in the faith. Is that all right? Glory be to God. So, uh, verse, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, save the Lord. Who's the Lord? Who's the Lord? I want to show you that Jesus is really the Lord. Because as I said, brothers and sisters, we like using the word God, which is vague. I want to show you, remember in, 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 in Acts chapter, is it Acts chapter 9, where Saul is on the road to Damascus? You remembered? Let's, let's go to the text, let's read it, because those of you who are looking need to hear it, those of you who are listening over the radio, you need to hear it. Acts chapter 9, can you get the place where Saul was knocked off his, his donkey? Amen. He thought he was high, mighty, and lifted up and lofty, going down to Damascus to attack the children of God. Let us see what happened to him. Is it Acts chapter 9 or Acts chapter 8? Acts chapter 9, can you get to the point where Paul, Saul, then is knocked off his horse? And what did he ask the Lord? You got it? You'll get it. It's further down there in the center of the chapter somewhere. Acts chapter 9. Yeah, verse 22, it reads. Yes, so Saul is on his way to Damascus. And Acts chapter 9, verse 4 tells us, as in his way to Damascus, uh-huh his trip was intercepted abruptly and when a light shone from heaven remember that you remember that story yes that's it what verse is that verse 4 so Saul is on his way to Damascus and verse 4 is can you read verse 4 for us and what before he fell to the earth what happened no no before he fell to the earth as he journeyed verse 3 what happened to him as he journeyed Suddenly, suddenly a light shined around him. What shone around him? What did John said he saw in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11? A great white throne. And what about the light? What did he say? Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. I'm trying to show you a, yeah, a great white throne. Yeah, the great white throne. We said that word white here means light. So much light coming from the throne. He said it was white. It was not a throne that was painted white. If you go back in the Greek, the word white means light. The light was so pure. Like the noonday sun, it looked like it was white. That's the thing. And the Bible said, Saul asked a question. Saul, why are you doing what you do? 
with the very feelings of our hell. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul said, who are you? Lord. <laughs> and a voice, a voice came back saying, oh, Saul, I'm not Lord. I'm just Jesus. No, no, no. What did the voice said? I am what? Jesus. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting. So is Jesus Lord or not? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You better take that to the bank. It won't bounce. <laughs> yes, he is. Every time. Yes, he is. So, Revelation chapter 14. Amen. Verse 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. We just established his Lord, right? Right here. Jesus said, Every knee shall bow to me. God, I give you praise. Woo! How many knees? Every human being knees are going to bow to me. Whether they are the great white throne or whether they are the judgment seat of Christ, every knee is going to bow. God, I give you praise. And I'm glad about it because, uh, you know, those who think they got it together. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The higher-ups on them. The high mickey mickey marks on them. Those who think, amen, they, their knees are going to bow. And guess who will be there looking? Moi. With a smile on my face. Because they think they got it together. Hallelujah. I know some of you ain't saying nothing. Some of you look like something like you're scared. I'll be there. I can tell you this much. Glory be to God. So right here now. It says Jesus said as I live. Save the Lord. Every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. Notice there's a play on word. Every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. You, you, see, you, you, see what Jesus, you see what the Holy Ghost is doing? Which means that the, the, the phrase. The Lord unto me. Is one of the same. It means God. Wow. Isn't God powerful? So who's the Lord? Jesus Christ. Can somebody give him praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do better than that, saints. Yes. Hallelujah. He is not only Lord, but he's my Lord. Can you say he's my Lord? Yeah, you got to make that personal sometimes. You know, I came here and I said I was going to teach for 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. And I'm looking at the time and I got so much more verses to give. Wow. Ooh, Jesus. Says, this is what I want to tell you. I want to hear my heart. Many references are given in scripture. Many references are given to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty-two, 22, have faith in God is the same thing. To have faith is to trust in somebody. The trust we should have in God or in Jesus Christ can be eroded if there is distance between us and God. And we need to learn to cut down the distance. That is why it behooves you and I to pray. I think it's Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. Everything in the Bible is trusting in the Lord because that is how the power of God is released in somebody's life. You got, you, you got to get so close to God, trust in God, so, so you'll understand that when God says he's going to deliver, he's going to deliver. And it doesn't matter what any doctor tell you, thank God for doctors. It doesn't matter what your papa preacher tell you, thank God for papa preachers. Listen to me, if it comes against God's word, God's word, then you have to choose to believe God. That is what is coming down to in these last days. 
Yes, you got to take a stance and say, God, your word never returns void. Paul said, taste and see that I am good. You got to, that's, what it, that's what it's coming down to in these last days. That is why so many of us are having problems embracing the truth that Jesus is God. The devil wants you to believe otherwise. He wants you, but he didn't fight to believe God. Stay close to God. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. And I'm hoping that this particular teaching help satisfy the question. Is the one who's on the throne. Jesus, we bless your name tonight. We glorify your name tonight. Look, if you're listening tonight and you are not saved. Tonight is a good night to get saved. Oh God, I give you praise. The Bible says, Jesus, we bless you Lord God. One day you are going to meet him face to face. We all are going to. He just said every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast, near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. And the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.